0: 2025 QX 80 coming this summer.
1: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is betting across America on v the sports betting network.
2: We begin our number three betting across America presented by MGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas, Nevada. We are watching everything going on in the world of sports. We have drama. Right now, the Honda Classic. Daniel Berger lining up a birdie putt, a long one, on 15. Potentially would tie for the lead with Shane Lowry right now, who is minus 110 to hold on and win this thing. Berger about plus 240 as that birdie putt. It's just going to be a little bit off, but should be an easy par for Berger. We are at halftime in College Park. Fear the turtle. Maryland up 32-28 as they honor the 2002 mm-hmm. National Championship team. I covered that one, by the way. Back in the, That's how old I am.
1: I was covered. at that, I was at that final you were the, four in, at, in at, Atlanta. At, yes. Uh, and, uh, Went to Braves opening day. Went and watched my Hoosiers in the national title game. It it was a very ugly national championship game, by the way. But Maryland, of course, that team with Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, I think Chris Wilcox, Steve Blake, Drew Nicholas, you mentioned. So a very good team for Gary Williams as he got his national title. We'll get that halftime price updated here momentarily. Chris
2: Wilcox came off the bench. That's how good that team was.
1: Yeah, Wilcox was a hell of an athlete. (laughs) But, yeah, 65-53, I remember that score, beating Indiana. By the way, we are underway. We're under yellow here, the second stage. NASCAR this week, not in Daytona, mm-hmm. out in Fontana, California, at the California Speedway. Tyler Reddick currently being shown the leader. I believe he has led the majority of this race. The eight car, 69 laps out of 200. Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, William Byron, Cal uh, Larson, and Alex Bowman. Three Hendricks cars right there in a row of three, four, five. Denny Hamlin, six, Joey Logano, seven, Brad Keselowski, eight. The pole sitter of this race and the winner that we called last Sunday on the Daytona 500 down at the end there, Austin Sindrich, uh, currently in ninth. Eric Jones rounds out the top ten. All right, looks
2: like we're going to get uh, matching pars at the first hole of the three-hole bear trap between our two leaders here, our, our two uh, combatants here and Lowry and Berger. So they're going to go to 16, uh, all knotted up right here at – no, no, Lowry with a
1: one-shot lead at minus nine. And I believe nine. you mentioned it has been advantage Berger in the bear trap this week, minus one shane lowry at plus one and don't forget uh i'm gonna use my uh, nick faldo voice Ed, the danger man uh, here, <laughs> sep straka by the way who really hit some superb <laughs> irons here in this final round we'll see if he hit another one here yes he did and it looks like he has wow. he's just on that other tier of the green so it is going to be like an uphill chip here but at least you know any ball that's not in in the h2o is a good ball at this point so currently lowry nine under bar Burger Straka eight under, Burger eight under, Yama seven under. It's going to be one of those four because the next guy is Gary Woodland in the house at four under par. And
2: I just saw the number go off, but Straka was plus four dollars, and again for a guy only one back of the lead here. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. This has been a wild roller coaster. We'll keep it going there. Also a roller coaster out in Phoenix today. The Suns have come back to take a commanding lead. Well, not commanding in the NBA. Certainly not in the third quarter. Seven-point lead, though, up on the Jazz right now. Their live number, laying two and a half going forward. You know, we've talked a lot about the Suns, and rightfully so, waiting to get Chris Paul back in about six to eight weeks. We'll see how that time frame goes. I feel like the one team we do not talk about is the team currently fourth in the West, and that is the Jazz at 37 mm-hmm. and 22, 15 games over 500. Is it because of the past playoff failures that we look at Utah and go West? Nobody's buying them in in the
1: future. Yeah, I almost think it's like assumed because we've seen Utah get the one seed in the West before, and they really play hard and play good defense, at least during the regular season. But you wonder a little bit about their depth right now, mm-hmm. because they do a lot of their damage with that starting lineup uh, out there in Utah. And of course, now having go back with Mitchell Bogdanovich can shoot. Mike Conley, of course is a shot maker. Yes. And then uh, Royce O'Neal is the other starter at the power forward position. But when you look at Utah, you wonder a little bit about the depth. I know Rudy Gay's been in and out of the lineup, but Rudy Gay is a guy who can come off the bench and can still score. I think even, uh, you know, being a little bit older now, he can still score a little bit, but you got to have these guys cuz you got to have Gay and you got to have Clarkson and these guys be able to score points from. You can't just have it just with your starting 5.
2: Yeah, that's going to be interesting down the stretch for Utah if they show a little bit better and garner any of the interest out there in the futures markets. Cause right now it feels like a team that just not a lot of people very much are trusting the jazz going forward. One more college basketball note. We want to get to, we mentioned get you a price on Maryland. We have it at just, uh, I believe right now, second half number Maryland laying one up by four. Yeah,
1: That's the end game. So okay. Ohio state is laying three. So in game, as you mentioned, Maryland would be a one point favorite I'd be more inclined. I think Maryland maybe, uh, like I'd like to get four, obviously. But I think Maryland might hang on here. I wonder about Ohio State here in the second half. Their medal is going to be tested. This is going to tell us a lot about Ohio State. Yeah, they're the more talented and they're the better team. And they're going to the NCAA tournament. I think they're safely in the field. But third game in six days, second half, you are trailing by a team that obviously has given a good effort, can they make Maryland go away? Can they, you know, kind of get some distance on this team? Because that that's going to show me something. If you can do that and win three games in six days in the Big Ten, you know, beat Indiana in that overtime game, go on the road in a tough game and beat Illinois in, in one of the toughest places to win in the conference, and then go ahead and beat Maryland on the back end of that, Maybe Ohio State could be a little bit of a sleeper, at least in Indianapolis, in that Big Ten tournament.
2: You know what's very interesting, too, and this is something Amal and I discussed yesterday, and I I, I wonder if you subscribe to the same theory, that a lot of people are going to go, okay, you're going to give me Ohio State plus three in the second half, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take that number. Well, the smarter number would be, you have to think about it, you think they're going to lose by one? So wouldn't you just take Ohio State on the money line at minus 105? If you believe that Ohio State's second half is the right play, because normally it's not going to fall in on that one point.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a philosophy to that. If you think that they're going to come back. Now, obviously, you're up against it. This is a tough spot. Like I mentioned, third game in six days, mm-hmm. basically, and they got to do it all over again. I'm this just week. saying, if you were to back them, right? Yeah. Maybe that would be the smarter yeah, play. I'm I with the side. Uh, but but I do I do tend to like Maryland. I want to you know wait around and obviously see if four can pop because. I think more often than not, betters like to do that where it's like, okay, the favorite is down automatically back then that water's gonna find its level in the second half. And sometimes uh when you gotta cross that zero when they're trailing and they have to obviously take the lead to cover the number. I worry a little bit about that. And uh one thing not to worry about, I'd worry maybe if I had Shane Lowry because he did have the lead all by his lonesome, he does not anymore.
2: Seb Straka has just made a birdie putt. On 16, two thirds of the way clear in the bear trap, and he is now tied for the lead. I tried to tell you two minutes ago, people, I told you get him at
1: $4. You can't get him at $4 anymore. No. Now
2: tied for the lead in this wild roller coaster
1: 189 to 5 now on oh. Sep at even money. Plus one dollar on Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger at three fifty, Kurt Kitayama at sixteen to one. Like I said, this is a four guy tournament because there is a big drop off to the fifth place guy, Gary Woodland, in the house at four under par. So uh, see if uh, Daniel Berger plus three on the day, the only one of those top four to be over par. Kitayama does oh, not make his man, birdie there at that. seventeen.
2: So it might be a three horse race with Kitayama now two back. And he's going to run out of holes here. He's he's only got two left.
1: Yeah, he's got to go to, obviously, 17. And then 18, of course, is the par five. So probably you got to think he's got to birdie at least one of those two.
2: No, and again, the the reason why we keep giving you these numbers, because they are switching before our very eyes with each shot that we see these guys hit on the bear trap. And normally you go, well, I want Lowry because he's got more holes to play. That's not necessarily an advantage with the difficulty, because any holes 15, 16, 17 are not considered birdie holes Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. So when Straka just birdies 16, that's picking up. I don't know, a shot yeah. on the field.
1: Yeah, it's not like, you're because this is not your average birdie fest, where no. it's like, okay, we're going to assume these guys, you know, they're just going to birdie this hole, and because they're the group ahead, that they're going to be able to get home. Not necessarily the case. Uh, by the way, for a college basketball game that is going to get tipped off at the top of the next hour, a mm-hmm. little bit of injury news, at least on the positive sense for Indiana. Rob Finnessy I believe he has missed the last seven games. Of course, if you remember Rob Fennessy, he was the hero against Purdue, where he he hit the three-pointer right. with just a few ticks left in Assembly Hall that knocked off the Boilermakers and then played a couple more games, got hurt in the Penn State game, has not played for seven games. So Rob Finnessy was finally as a senior kind of starting to turn the corner where, you know, Mike Woodson really believed in him. And, you know, then all of a sudden he gets that glory, glory moment, that, you know, career-making moment at Indiana to beat your arch-rival Purdue for the wow. first time in, like, six years. And then he gets hurt. So, Rob Finnessy is going to go. Trey Galloway and Christian Lander still not cleared for action. But Indiana obviously needs some help in the backcourt, so that is at least welcome sight for Hoosier backers.
2: No question a welcome sight for Shane Lowry backers. He just stuck the green at 16. Brought it back a little bit. He's going to have inside of
1: 10 feet Mm -hmm. to regain the solo lead here. Those numbers didn't lie on approach that I mentioned earlier. Strokes gained approach. Shane Lowry, 245, uh, one of the tops in the field. No time like the present to be that good with your irons.
2: And, Berger, we're playing some golf now. Berger with a nice approach by any other standard. That would be considered a really good shot. But after what Shane Lowry just did, and you're chasing Shane Lowry and Sepp Straka. He almost had to do better. Berger's going to have outside of 20 feet for his yeah. birdie on 16, but at least you're going to have makeable birdie putts like, for both it's guys. It's like, you know
1: where you are. How aggressive do you want to be? But at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't just take par. You know, no. like the old tin cup where he's like, oh, I'll take pars all 18 of them. And he's like, do it and I'll own you. You know, or we're playing for second here. <laughs> so, you know, now Sepp Straka and Shane Lowry tied for the lead as Sepp Straka steps oh, aboard the 17th, the 141-yard uh, 141 yard, uh Par three, not quite the island green at 17 at the well, Players' at Championship. The pin, the pin yeah, that pin is right in the front. God. So, you know, how aggressive can you get here? You know, I know guys want to stick it, and they tempt you with that pin. That's Jack Nicholas, you temptress you. You are tempting them with that pin here <laughs> on 17. We'll see if uh, Sep Straka finds dry land here. It and does. it looks like he does. He's uh, on the other side of the green, just a nice safe shot. He'll take his two-putt par.
2: Here. Yeah, he will. And again, uh, nice par, David, to quote Tin Cup. That's yes. what they would say. So you do want to take your par and run. Stracking out, everything is changing for him right now before his very eyes. Is. He knows he has a share of the lead. We'll see how long that lasts because Shane Lowry has a really good look for Birdie on 16. We'll give you those updated numbers right now. I'm seeing Shane Lowry still minus 120, but it is tightening up very, very quickly. When we come Back to talk with Eric Haslam, college basketball on Veasan, the East sports
3: betting network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun
2: videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content
1: before it's posted on the feed. Oh. <laughs>
2: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID, open up an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call one 800 4700 Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on Vison. We'll continue with the drama at the Honda Classic in a moment, but it is a pleasure now to talk college basketball with Eric Haslam. Follow him on Twitter at Haslammetrics. Eric, great to have you in here today on a Saturday to talk about some college hoops. We want to start off with the carnage that was the top 10 last night in college basketball, with the top six teams all went down and defeat Duke had to be the first one to win at number seven at the Carrier Dome. What do you make of Gonzaga against St. Mary's? Is that just a blip on the radar and Randy Bennett and and company knows how to play them? Or is that maybe potential uh, blueprint for the NCAA tournament?
4: Well, I think people are probably going to treat it as a blueprint, but I think it kind of exposed St. Mary's. Maybe St. Mary's didn't want to have that kind of performance (laughs) because St. Mary's was a team that I kind of said, was going to be a problem for a lot of people. And a lot of people weren't really talking about St. Mary's well now, St. Mary's cover is blown to a certain degree. Um, I don't, I can't say that they regret beating Gonzaga. It's a real big win, but now I think everybody's going to be ready for them. That is a team that is number eight in defensive efficiency. For me, they're, they're decent on the offensive end. They're number 58. They have the ability, they have the skill, Um, you know? So I I think in that way, they kind of outed St. Mary's as being a legitimate team. Who's going to probably wear a light Jersey on the opening day of the tournament, probably as high as a six. Maybe they might uh, fight for a five. I don't know. But as for Gonzaga, you know, I still think Gonzaga is still the team to beat. And I've, I've said this from the start. It goes back to last year after they got beat by, by Baylor in that championship game. You could almost read the body language of Drew, Drew Timmy saying, remember how this feels because next year we do it right. Now, this is not the same team that you had last year. You don't have Kispert. You don't have Suggs. But this team is still the best team in college basketball, in my opinion. And these blips on the radar happen to every team. So this doesn't really concern me. I still think Gonzaga is probably still the number one team to beat.
1: Eric, of course, uh, Dave was talking about the carnage yesterday. Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas, Purdue, and Auburn all lose yesterday. And then there's the Duke Blue Devils who get an easy (laughs) win over Syracuse. And I know at your Twitter account at Haslametrics on the Twitter machine, you mentioned Duke, arguably one of their best games of the season from like a stat profile and a shot quality standpoint. and they rose, I believe, five notches in your poll to number five. Let me ask you about Duke in terms of a macro sets. The ACC is down this year. So you haven't seen them get as many top 50 games or as many top 50 wins. Can Duke, do you think, even in that down conference, still get a one seed here coming up uh, on Selection Sunday?
4: Oh, absolutely. I still think they can. I think you're probably going to look at some other teams faltering. And I think they near, you know, got things a little bit closer. But at this point... I still think if you're looking to get on that one line and <clears throat> the one line we're talking about is of course the, the same four teams from the top 16 reveal, which are Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, and Auburn. I, I still think they're going to probably have to get past Baylor. First of all, because I think Baylor is ahead of them. Um, and I still think that Kentucky could still probably be a little bit ahead of them as well. So I still think, They have a chance, but I think some things ahead of them need to happen in order for them to steal that one. I still think a two is a likely destination for them.
2: You know, Eric, it's always interesting. I I think what you see in the NCAA tournament, a lot of people want chaos early. They root for Cinderella early, and then they want the Blue Bloods late, right, to get that in the Final Four and the National Championship. Do you think this is going to play out that way where we see the traditional 12-5, whatever those matchups look like, and then at the end of the day – the cream really does rise, or is this anybody's tournament where we could see some some middle seeds, some fours, some fives make their all the way all the way possibly to a national championship run?
4: I still think you see some variation from from year to year, but I'm I've seen enough of this from all the years that I've been doing this that it's kind of you expect the same thing. You're going to have some twelves and thirteens get some wins, even maybe a fourteen or a fifteen get a win in there. But like you said, the cream will rise to the top in the long run. I think you get, you get some weird stuff that happens. You end up having some very strange matchups in the sweet 16 where a seven might play in 11 or I don't know what the different uh, <laughs> seedings are that you could possibly matchups, but you could have something strange like that occur. And this is why it's always really tricky for me to always say like, tell me your final four. Well, it's, you know, it's really dependent on the matchups and what happens in those games. And all of a sudden, if you're a, uh, a five seed or a four seed who gets through their pod. And all of a sudden the one seed gets knocked out by a nine. It's a completely different ball game where all these other fives and fours are playing top seeds. You're all of a sudden playing an eight or a nine and you're favored. So it is about the luck of the draw on a lot of these things. I've seen enough of these tournaments over the years to say that this is going to be the same old thing as I'm, uh, you know, you got to pick some upsets. You just can't pick all the favorites across the board as much as the analytics are telling you to try to identify some of those teams that are more likely to pull the upset because once the tournament comes, you know, you start playing head games with yourself and you start seeing these upsets. You saw it last year with the likes of Ohio State and Texas right out of the gates. Same thing's going to happen this year.
1: And, Eric, you did mention upsets. So I want to ask you this. If you look at the teams that we think are going to be on the one and two line, respectively, the Gonzagas, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas, Duke, Baylor, perhaps Villanova, Auburn, Purdue. What are, those, what are those teams, if you could point out one, do you think maybe could be a candidate for an early exit? And I know it's tough because they're rated at the top for a reason, but if you were to target one of those, like, chalky teams, one or two seeds, that maybe get put out not only in the second round, but perhaps a sweet 16.
4: You know, I got to – as much as I like them, and I even – you know, I was in a discussion with someone else about this, about a team that could actually beat Gonzaga – in the tournament, late in the tournament, it would be Purdue, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I could see Purdue being vulnerable for one very important reason. They are number one in the country in offensive efficiency, but they're also number 81 in defensive efficiency. And that reminds me very much of that Ohio. They're almost in exactly the same situation that Ohio state was a year ago. If you remember Ohio state was sky high in offensive efficiency, but they were, wor- they were actually worse than Iowa last year. Remember Iowa, everybody talked about Iowa can never play defense. even with that team with Garza. They were actually okay. Defensively, Ohio state was worse. And as much as I like Purdue and I think, man, they have a lot of things about them. that are going in their direction. They get, they got guys who can shoot the three. They got that two headed monster inside. At some point I tell people Sometimes those shots aren't falling in March and you're not going to get shots to fall all six games in a row. So at some point you have to rely on your defense to win games. I just don't know if Purdue can do that, especially if they get matched up with a, one of say the seven or 10 seed in the second round, a team that gets hot. Purdue is not hot. They fall behind early. That could be problematic for the Boilermakers. Talking college
2: basketball with Eric Haslam, Haslammetrics.com. Eric, you know, when I, I look at a couple teams here in specifics, Michigan, Lost, had a great comeback effort, came up short against Illinois today. We know we got the the issues there with Juwan Howard not coaching for the rest of the regular season. And Memphis looks like they're starting to right the ship there. Are those tournament teams in your eyes? And if so, could they pull a UCLA from a year ago, go from a play-in scenario all the way to the Final Four? Because I see a lot of talent on both those teams, and it might not even be good enough to get them inside the
4: tournament. Yeah, the issue I think with like a team like uh, with Memphis is I think they just so inconsistent and that's, it's really hard in March to trust a team like that. Michigan, I still think has the ability to do it. I think they're much more consistent, but I think it really comes down to sometimes I think there's a benefit of, you know, we've made this argument in the NFL where those teams that get to sit a week. Um, sometimes aren't prepared. It's like they want to keep that rhythm going. And people could say, well, momentum or rhythm, you know, it's, it's an intangible. But sometimes you see these teams that come out of the, those playing games and they, they just kind of keep that momentum going They get a big win. And then all of a sudden they followed up with another big win. And then they start to believe I could definitely see a Michigan doing something like that, especially after Juwan Howard comes back. I still think the talent is there. When you look at Memphis, um, I just haven't seen the consistency. And I've, I've had concerns with teams that are inconsistent. The one that jumps to mind right away is North Carolina. Mm. I think North Carolina has a sky high ceiling when they want to play. And on average, they're a really great basketball team. The problem is they can't keep it together for more than a cup of coffee. <laughs> and and, that's, and and for that reason alone, it's really hard for, the, for me to just even pick them Two games in a row in March, but you know, on average, they're a really good team. You've just seen them stink up the joint on so many occasions and it's a head scratcher because on paper They're a really, really good team. They just can't keep it together.
1: Eric, got about 45 seconds left. Of course, last year in the NCAA tournament, there's always usually one of those double-digit seeds, those Cinderella mid-majors that make it. There were a couple last year, Loyola, Oral Roberts. Uh, Who is maybe a double-digit seed that you can see making the second weekend that maybe nobody's talking about?
4: You know, I'm going to go with balance. I like teams that have balance. I'm going to throw out, assuming they get the auto bid, I'm going to throw out Towson. Mm -hmm. out of the colonial. That's a top 80 team uh, in the country in both offensive and defensive efficiency. Usually you see maybe a team like I'm going to, I'm going to pick like South Dakota state great offense, but they're 153rd in defensive efficiency. They don't have that balance. Towson, has that balance. They are, like I said, top 80 in both those categories. They won at James Madison yesterday by 36. Maybe they are this year's Oral Roberts or this year's Abilene Christian.
2: All right. Very interesting information. Uh, Again, follow him on Twitter at Haslam Metrics. Eric, appreciate the time today on a Saturday. Enjoy the rest of your college basketball day. Thanks guys, have a good one. All right, there Thank he is, you, Eric, Eric Hasm. Excellent information. I'll certainly be circling Towson and looking at them uh, in the tournament. Uh we got a lot of drama still to go at the Honda Classic. We'll update that when you come back with us right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: across America on v the sports betting network.
2: Get an early start on your College Hoops tournament betting with VEASAN's full-court bracket betting coverage, starting Sunday, March 13th. Six hours of free live video streaming on VEASAN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every single game. The VEASAN College Hoops experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the bookmakers the making of the lines to find the very best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VEASAN College Hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on Veson.com. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. Right now, we got some drama in college basketball. Maryland, we mentioned that second half number. You could add Ohio State plus three. Right now, it's right where it was at halftime. Yeah. Maryland holding on to that four point lead about four pe- 14. Yeah, minutes ago Maryland
1: there. minus one and a half currently at BetMGM, or if you want to lay money line, minus 125. And look, this time of year, I, you know, I'm different from others is that if it's a line, usually three or less, I'm and I'm like the favorite, I'm just going to lay money line because right. these numbers now that every bookmaker has caught up for college basketball, you know, they've been so face deep in football for several months. Now they've caught up up. and now these numbers do tighten up a little bit. You kind of saw it play out yesterday. I think it was the end of the Kentucky Arkansas game. Kentucky hits a three. If you laid two and a half, you're a loser, but if you laid the money line, you know, you at least got there. So I will usually do that at, you know, and especially if you play like a high volume of games or depending on your bankroll, everybody's situation is different, Mm -hmm. but I usually on those favorites just pay the little extra and lay the money line because, look, sometimes those will save you some no a little question. bit. We're not even getting into the discussion of buying half points on the key numbers. I know a lot of people don't like to do that for basketball. I think sometimes it's merited.
2: All right, Ohio State knocks down to three. It's 41-40 now, about 13 and a half minutes to go. We mentioned, I mentioned the last glance at that Phoenix and Utah game out in the Valley of the Sun. I said, I oh, comfortably ahead by seven. Right. Well, that doesn't stay comfortable very long. Utah... Has come back. They now have a two-point lead. We're in the fourth quarter. Ten minutes to go. Uh, 94-92. The Jazz back out in front of that
1: one. Yeah, the Jazz, I mentioned, they're the number one scoring team in the NBA. And they can absolutely score in a hurry. Nice quarter for Donovan Mitchell. He's got 23. They got five guys in double figures. 94-92. Ten minutes left to go in the fourth. Jazz minus three and a half. 239 and a half the uh, current total. And I believe we did have one game start at the top of this hour. That's Boston at the GameBridge Fieldhouse to visit the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Two minutes left to go in the first quarter, all tied at 27. C's uh, closed nine and a half point favorites, 226 and a half on the total. So uh, the C's uh, out to an early tie with the Pacers. I'll try to get you a live line here momentarily. On that one, but nevertheless, uh there's another double double for Rudy Gobert, thirty-seven on the season. Rest of the jazz roster, they said eighteen. And by the way, that live line with Boston, Indiana, Boston minus seven and a half, two thirty-one and a half your total.
2: Okay, the drama that is unfolding at the Honda Classic, this has been riveting stuff here on a Sunday. And now we've got Mother Nature wreaking havoc as these players play the eighteenth. It's a deluge coming down right now at the Honda Classic. But you know what? The heavy stuff's not coming down for quite some time.
1: Oh, too late now. I don't. Through. I don't think. I don't think that they're going to stop now that they're all on the 18th and uh, <laughs> final hole here. This is ridiculous. And by the way, uh, Sepp Straka does reach the green in two here, so he will have two putts, perhaps for birdie here to get to 10 under par. Just
2: right, destroyed his, yeah. his drive over three 30. Yeah, he like, absolutely cooked
1: that drive. yes. So
2: for a guy who's never won the PGA Tour who's coming back on a Sunday and you're looking at a major champion winner in a Shane and a Shane Lowry yeah. and you're chasing him down and you've already bypassed Daniel Berger, who is a quality player in his own right here. This is impressive. Some again, about 30 minutes ago, right here in the program, we said to get him at $4. Yeah. Uh-uh.
1: yeah. Not anymore. And if you don't know who Sepp Straka is, let me give you a little background. He originally is from Austria currently resides in Athens, Georgia, where he went to college. He was a member of the uh, Georgia Bulldogs golf team. A lot of PGA Tour guys uh, from the Georgia Bulldogs, and he's trying to uh, become yet another one of those winners. He was T10 last summer at the Olympics in the individual event. Only one professional win. That was on the old web.com tour back in August of 2018. This is a guy that has never won on the PGA Tour, and of course when you win on the PGA Tour, there's a lot of stakes for somebody like Sep Straka because you win, you not only get a two-year exemption oh, that's huge so you don't have to worry about FedEx cup points or any of that you're guaranteed every event you want to get in you also get the master's invitation you also get the PGA championship invitation you also increase your world ranking points so you still might have to go qualify for like the U.S. Open but it certainly gives you a lot of a chance and so we'll see what happens here Sepp Straka though is on the green in two on the 18th minus two dollars Shane Lowry plus 160 Daniel Berger is one shot back Ed ain't under par. He is currently 25 to 1.
2: How about that? Daniel Berger, a shot back, 25 to 1 mm-hmm. with a hole to play. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem there is. Straka, we don't know. He's already on in two, two. so
1: if he just two putts, he's He's going to get to 10 under par.
2: Right. So how in the world can Daniel Berger make an eagle?
1: Yeah. Good luck. That's why it's still put out there, but that's why that price drifts so much. And, uh, you know, what might have been for Daniel Berger, he could have been uh, starting today with a six-shot lead. And if he doesn't bogey that par 5 18th yesterday— Maybe assuming obviously circumstances changes, but one more shot puts him tied for the lead here. So, uh.
2: well, job number one he is completed. Yes, he's just those numbers just disappeared off my screen because Daniel Berger just bombed it in the middle of the fairway, just like Straka did. Now he's got to get on in two. He's got to be thinking three because Daniel Berger's got to be thinking Straka at worst. Yeah, you believe he's gonna make birdie? Yeah,
1: Daniel Berger's not going for FedEx Cup points or yeah, money list stuff here. You got to go for the win, and you got to get aggressive. If you put it in the drink, you Uh-oh. know what? So be it. And by the way, oh. Shane Lowry, no. we will see there where is that a
2: red hazard stick. There
1: is now. It's dry. Okay. It's not. It's not in that little creek over there because we. I look, I saw that same red hazard stick that you did, but he is left of the fairway oh, no. uh, currently. So. Now let's see if they have addressed no, that at ad ad MGM. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they're going to do it at this standpoint. But you would think Sep Straka just became a little bigger favorite.
2: Let here. me ask you this. And again, I always say this on Twitter in, in our conversations each and every week. The, the drama on the PGA Tour on a Sunday, whether you're a golfer, if you're mm-hmm. a gambler, mm-hmm. just if you're a gambler like we are, mm-hmm. the the numbers, I, the volatility yeah. that you get in a given round, like today, as a prime example. I mean, Wes, you got to be shrewd as to when to hop in and who to hop in on. Right. But there was a lot of money to be made in these and, numbers and, and to be lost. And
1: because there's always angles as well. Like, you look at a guy like Straka, I mentioned, trying to win that first PGA Tour event as Kitayama's eagle. Wow. I believe is just going to come short. So, he'll finish eight under par. Probably going to end up perhaps tied for third or at least minimum fourth place. But that's another angle. Kitayama, I believe, uh Ordinarily, if it wasn't an invitational event, when you finish top ten in a PGA Tour event, that qualifies you for next week. If you're not automatically qualified,
2: got some numbers for you. Straka just went off. Straka was minus four, four fifty. I saw that Lowry after that tee shot was a plus a couple dollars and twenty to one for Berger after that great drive. So it's a three-man race right now on the live numbers. These are being updated as the shots are mm-hmm. happening. That's how volatile this, this is. This is an
1: opposite thing, just kind of an interesting nugget from Sepp Straka's PGA Tour bio. He travels to tournaments with his own Diet Coke if he knows the event what? provides Pepsi products. No. And, you know, with me right here, I, I, a am, a, I am a Diet Pepsi guy, so I can, I can relate to that, man, because, you know, there are times if they don't have the Diet Pepsi, I'm not going to drink the Diet Coke. I'm just not a Diet Coke guy, but... You know, Seth Strzok, uh, uh got the uh, case full of uh, Diet Pepsi there, or Diet Coke there, and damn near almost eagled the hole and really put this thing away. All
2: right, he's going to tap in for birdie. So Straka is going to be your clubhouse leader at 10 under par. He's just going to $8 minus $8 to win this event, which means Shane Lowry. You've got to figure out a way to make birdie. Daniel Berger, you have to figure out a way to make eagle.
1: And I don't think Shane Lowry can reach the green where he is. So he is going to have to lay up into the fairway and then have to stripe that iron that he's been doing all afternoon, one of the best on approach all week.
2: And the numbers are just flopping off my screen. They've gone from plus 550 to plus 450 for Lowry. Berger, by the way, 80 to 1. 80 to 1
1: to make eagle because he's got to make eagle, yeah.
2: two shots back now as Straka's trying to get his first PGA Tour event. By the way, are you a Pepsi snob that if they only had Diet Coke, what if our show became sponsored by uh, by Diet Coke?
1: Then uh, if they're cutting a check, man, then I will switch my loyalties. I am an absolute okay. whore for sale you, in terms a of a sponsor. Man. Yes. You got to be a
2: company man through and through. <laughs> Woo. Okay. We're going to get to a Twitter poll when we come back here and talk a little college basketball. So if you haven't voted, I don't know if Elliot Obama, and our producer, has already uh, limited your votes if the precincts are still open. Mm-hmm. But you have the choices of Gonzaga at 4-1, Kentucky 8-1, to one, Arizona 8-1, to one, Auburn 10-1 to one, to win yeah. the national championship.
1: NBC News will not be able to report the results after only 24 what precincts in. The revolution will now be televised. What is this, the Super Bowl <laughs> where we voted the two-minute warning? We still
2: got time. Don't wait to vote for who's going to win that. All right, so we'll get that information as well. They are walking up 18. It is, I'm not kidding, a deluge right now at the Honda Classic. It is pouring down rain. But you know how this goes, Wes. If there's no lightning, you just play through like. But here's the
1: interesting thing here. That is that rough that Shane Lowry is now very, very wet.
2: That's going to grab that club. I don't think the heavy stuff's coming down for quite some time, your Excellency. I'd play through. So it looks (laughs) like they're going to try to play through. Shane Lowry knows what he's up against. A stroke down. Seb Strocka, by the way, 66 today. How about that on a Sunday, trying to get
1: your first PGA? Yeah, absolutely, throw in. living up to the pressure on a very tough golf course.
2: All right, come on back. Wes is going to have another swig of that Diet Pepsi. We will give you an update, what's going on there, and everything, and give the payoff of our poll results. Come on back. It's Veasan, the sports betting network.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports
2: Betting Network. Bet on more than just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into your BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game ever starts. View to BetMGM will sign up today, make your first bet risk free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, at more than over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Try one-game parlay today. Eligible restrictions to apply, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or set credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, promotional offer. Offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi, one game parlay, not available in Washington, D.C. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds as we wrap up betting across America. We got Brady Cannon and uh, Holden Kushner going to join us a little bit after we are done here. It looks like Daniel Berger is done there, and mm-hmm. I do mean at the Honda Classic. On 18, he had to make eagle.
1: Yeah, you could tell it was a a YOLO type of swing. So uh, he put one in the water there, and he's going to have a long one for par, by the way. That's probably going to drop him, actually, out of the tie for third. So Kurt Kitayama looks like he's going to get his best ever finish on the PGA Tour. Not a full-time member of the PGA Tour, by the way. Trying to get in these fields where he can. He's a full-time member, of course, of the DP World Tour. But look, that that's the one thing about golf. You talk about it from a betting angle, but just from a storyline angle. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a different route to the PGA tour. And look, you got a major champion right here. Shane Lowry who held the Clara Jug for two years because the Open Championship That's right. got canceled due to the pandemic. So you've got Shane Lowry here, 117 out, and he's got a stiff one. He was forced to lay up because of the errant Tee shot. He doesn't like it. To the left route. Yeah, he is not uh, very happy. He's going to oh. be disappointed with this result, and rightfully so. Boy, that's gonna be. Oh. We don't want to call it because all the precincts have not no, reported. No, because he can still make that, but that's a long way away for his birdie.
2: I was gonna say if there's ever a guy that doesn't mind playing in the rain, you would think it'd be Shane Lowry, but who, that's, who won
1: at Royal Portrush, where right. I mentioned he won that Claret Jug. Remember it was uh, him and uh, Tommy Fleetwood, and that's Tommy right. Fleetwood like grew up like right down the road from Royal Portrush. So uh, Shane Lowry, that's a long birdie, sixteen to one to make that birdie. By the way, Sepp Straka minus five thousand, as they did just show. Us. Uh, Minus five thousand. Yeah, they did just show his Georgia Bulldog teammate Keith Mitchell, who's one of my guys this week. He ends up T nine. Uh, former winner here, by the way, uh three years ago, uh, Keith Mitchell. So uh rooting on his fellow Georgia Bulldog. So uh what I mean this wow. is this is life changing wow. when really you win is. on the PGA tour for your first time because number one, you get to stay out there for at least two more years. You get in the Masters. You get in the PGA. You get pushed up the priority list to get into pretty much every tournament you want to get into. Your world ranking points obviously skyrocket because even a weak PGA Tour field is still a darn the best field in the world. So Sep Straka, one putt away from getting his first PGA Tour win.
2: What would be the worst beat? Because as we talked about, you could have grabbed Shane Lowry at ten to one this morning when mm-hmm. you woke up today. And then you see Lowry come back, and at one point, remember, had a two-shot lead clear yes. of the field. Yes. So, would it be worse that if you were laying the 5,000 with Berger to begin the day with a five-shot lead over the field? Yeah. Or if you had 10-1 to on Lowry, well, he's got a two-shot lead. You're like, Shane Lowry, he's not going to blow I this. I kind of
1: still say the Berger, even though there was a lot more holes and a lot more golf to play and a lot more carnage here on this uh, tough PGA national layout. But – When you're Daniel Berger and it's a home game for you, you've played this course so many times. You live in Jupiter, Florida, about 15 miles or 15 minutes rather up the road, and you can't finish this. So uh, more heartbreak in a home game for Daniel Berger. Shane Lowry is going to have about 40-some feet. It looks like. And uh, you said you don't think the heavy stuff coming down. The heavy stuff is approaching. I will tell you that. But Shane Lowry is probably going to putt this in about five minutes. And then everybody's going to run for cover down there in Palm Beach. Yeah, I
2: would think that right now the tour, no offense to Shane Lowry, they are hoping that this is missed because they do not want to have a playoff with the weather that mm-hmm. has just moved in there. It is is—it is
1: ugly right yeah. now. And Shane Lowry, by the way, five birdies in 19 holes on the 18th hole at the Honda Classic, uh, no more bigger than this one. I don't think all of his birdies on this par 5 have been about 40 feet in length, so that is what he is going to have to hit here. And by the way, Sepp Straka, I saw him at least pre-tournament as high as about 100 to 1, so another underdog gets there. We have seen those at least over the last few weeks and some Big price guys. Hudson Swafford was a big price at the American Express, and now we get one here, perhaps, with Sepp Straka.
2: Again, you know, props to Straka, because this is a guy that nobody even mid-round was talking about. When you go out on a Sunday, and you shoot a 66 at a golf course this difficult, and to become possibly the only player in double digits as the last man standing here at 10 under par. He, he
1: was five back to start the day, Sep Straka, and bogeyed the first hole, oh, mind you. Wow. And still finds a way and still finds a way to get away.
2: All right. So, before we're going to wrap it up right here with the golf, because Lowry is attempting that putt. You mentioned the, the odds for him right now to make this putt 16 to 1. All right. Well, he's giving it a good run. So, we'll give you a little Jim Nance play by play. Hello, friends. This is over. This golf tournament is over. Sepp Straka is your winner. First-time winner on the PGA Tour. The first
1: Austrian, actually, to win on the PGA Tour. Of course, the most notable Austrian player is Bernd Wiesberger. A Ryder Cupper last year has won a lot on the DP World Tour. Never won here in stateside on the PGA Tour. So, uh, Sepp Straka's life just changed here this Sunday after. Dramatically.
2: So, if you had those tickets, maybe preflop as close as 100 to 1 that we've seen in other places. Congratulations to you! What a long shot that came through after bogeying the first hole and still rallying. Yeah, most of 66. the markets,
1: by the way, had Sep Straka about triple digits to one. I think I saw somebody just post 140 to one wow. someplace. I forget which book, but it was at least around 100 to one. So Sep Straka, another long shot, uh, wins at the Honda Classic. That's kind of been at least somewhat of a trend here over the last several
2: years. Daniel Berger is going to tap in for his bogey to uh, wrap up a very disappointing Sunday. Uh, Anybody that had that ticket, I feel for you. That is a bad beat. Okay, let's pay off our poll question. We asked you on Twitter. You responded. Who would you bet on to win the NCAA National Championship? Now, all precincts have voted. It is official. The majority of the money would come in on Oscar Toshibwe and the Kentucky Wildcats at the number mm-hmm. of plus $8. Now, that, I'm sure, has something to do with it. And the Zags aren't even second in the poll. How about Arizona a team you saw up close and personal here in Las Vegas early in the year and fell in love with for very good reason, plus $8. They came in second with the money at 27%. Then you get the Zags and Drew Timmy, mm-hmm. 24.8%. And then, sorry, Bruce Pearl, only 15.5%. At 10 to 1 for those Auburn
1: Titans. I would agree with our voters there because that's the only team of those four that I have a future on at 16 to 1 from December on the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, the Wildcats yesterday lost a close one in Arkansas. Ty, Ty Washington did return, didn't start, but did play. He did not look 100%. So, look. Obviously, over the last couple regular season games and then the SEC tournament, that's where you're going to have to see Washington kind of play back in the shape because Ty Ty Washington, Xavier Wheeler, the Georgia transfer, a very good backcourt, especially Washington, the freshman. I think they add a dynamism to that offense because Kentucky does have good three-point shooters. Davion Mitz, Kellen Grady, the Davidson transfer. Cal's got a good team here, but you know, been struggling a little bit late just because they haven't been healthy. But I do agree the highest ceiling of those four are the Kentucky Wildcats.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I actually think that's the the right, that's where I would vote as well because we talked about it throughout this college basketball season. Normally, again, Kentucky's the team I would fade early in the year and never fade them late. They've been consistent throughout. They've gotten better, but they've kind of maintained their level of excellence throughout the season. They're going to be very dangerous whether they're a one seed or a two seed uh, going forward, speaking of dangerous right now, Maryland up by eight over ranked Ohio State. They're up by eight with five minutes to play, maybe inspired by that 2002. national Well, Championship. and this
1: was we all we talked about it a couple times throughout this program. Tough spot for Ohio State. You got to play your third game in six days. You beat Indiana in overtime on Monday. You went at Illinois on Thursday and then have to play. And then you got to do, I believe, three more in six days this week. So uh Ohio State, you know, sometimes you just run out of gas and they have done so. And credit Maryland. Uh disappointing season, obviously, there. But They've played hard, and they've been game. They were in the game with Indiana until about the final two minutes on Thursday. Yeah. They were in the game at Purdue. They've won a couple games recently. Obviously, they're going to finish probably. I, I'm guessing they're looking like maybe a 12 or a 13 seed in the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. But nevertheless, under five to go, Maryland 61-53.
2: Uh, and Sepp Straka is being interviewed with a big smile on his face. And I saw something that only mothers do when you hug your son after winning his first PGA tour event, and he's kind of like, you know, he's obviously, then he goes away. Mom goes in for the second hug. I mean, this has got to be a life-changing moment. The sixth first-time winner so far in the PGA tour this year. Yeah. So you're playing some of those longer numbers. Yeah. I don't know if I would advise that when you get to Augusta National, but right now... Some of those long numbers are really paying dividends. Well, and
1: when they say these guys are good, the tagline of the PGA Tour, there's a lot of guys out there that are good that people don't hear from. They've heard from Sepp Straka on this afternoon, winner of the Honda Classic. What
2: a comeback for Straka. And Maryland, by the way, up 11 right now, four minutes to go in regulation. Wes, good to have you back. Good to be with. You. I missed you yesterday. But you're I not going to miss. I miss you. Brady Cannon and Holden Kushner coming on and taking over right here on these and these sports betting Now.